You're listening to a Big MX Radio Podcast, brought to you by Arma Energy, presented by Fly Racing, W Wheels, Bill's Pipes, Just One Helmets, X-Brand Goggles, Shades of Grey Custom Helmet Painting, Rhino Power Sports Supplements, Roy Borton Suspension, Watts Perfections, and Golden Tire. Simply the best, motocross and supercross news from around the globe. And now, here's your host, Brad Gephardt. Welcome to the Big MX Radio Show, brought to you by Arma Energy Drink, Fly Racing, W Wheels, and X-Brand Goggles, as well as Just One Helmets. I am your host, as usual, Brad Gebhardt, and I'm here with my co-host, Shane Doyle. How's it going, Shane? Pretty good, man. Just driving home from work, you know, listening to some 70s dudes, my filthy, getting down. Absolutely. A little ride of the year plan? Oh, yeah. You already know. You already know. But uh, with us on the line, our guest for this evening, Cheyenne Harmon. How's it going, brother? You're uh, you're Mr. You're the comeback kid. How's it going? Oh, hey man, how's it going? Thanks for having me on, man. I'm just uh, I'm just chilling actually in my moto van right now, talking with y'all. Talking with us in your moto van uh, on our way back to recovering to full bill of health. Uh, you're one week removed from a broken scapula, and uh, for those who don't have an anatomy degree, that's the back shoulder blade. Uh, you've broken that just one week ago on your Husqvarna. Uh, what the heck? What the heck happened? I don't really remember. Uh, I actually had to have <laughs> Shane and some of my friends tell me what happened. Uh, I was just going to do a little local race out here in Texas, and um, they added this section of the track, um, and there was like a, it was kind of like a wall, and then there was like three or four rollers after it, and I got a bad start, and uh, I was like, I'm just going to pull the trigger and just try to quad it, and um, yeah, I didn't quad it. I uh, I just went to a straight endo, and I guess I pretty much landed on my head, they said, and uh, got knocked out for, for a little bit, and uh, I actually got up. I didn't even know I got knocked out. I got up, and... I tried to ride and I made like two corners and I was like, all right, something's not right. And then I actually tried to hit a jump and my shoulder just gave out when I landed and I was like, all right, probably should just go back to the trailer. And, uh, and that's when everybody was like, dude, like you're amazing for even living right now. Right, so now, now let, let me tell you what we saw. We saw, okay. He was on the ground, right? And then sleeping. he was like shaking. Like we, we thought he was, we thought he was dead. It was so sketchy. And then he finally, like, cause my, my other friend that was racing with him in the same race had, like, pulled off the track to make sure he was okay. And he kept, like, yelling his name and stuff, and he wasn't, he wasn't responding at all. He was out cold, straight dirt now. But he finally he finally woke up, and uh, what, happened, what, what were they doing, Cheyenne? They wouldn't, like, they wouldn't put your shoulder back in there. You had to go to the hospital, right? Yeah, well, the medics, they said my shoulder was separated or dislocated and i was like all right we'll just, just put it back in because i wanted to finish the night and i actually had planned to go down uh to austin texas for a uh, another race um so i was like put it back in i got stuff to do and I'm like well it's separated internally so <clears throat> we want to take you an ambulance and yeah they'll they, they, they don't like to do it at the track most uh in fact most uh, EMTs are not actually certified to do it, and uh, through my my experiences with that, it's very difficult to get them to do it for you. That's why I had to uh, get my local or family doctor to show me how to put it in myself. <laughs> yeah, so I had my mechanic. Uh, I had some people load me in my moto van. My mechanic Wyatt uh, drove me to the hospital and kind of close to my house, and 
uh, when I got there, they um, they told me that I broke my scapula and that I had a AC separation. So <clears throat> there's nothing they could do for me at that point, which was kind of a bummer because I was still trying to get to Austin the next day to race. But you know, that's that's just part of it. I've been pretty fortunate in my career to walk away from some big hits without anything too serious and uh, you know knock on wood um you know it could have been definitely a lot worse after hearing the stories everybody told me what happened that night this is probably you know, the worst is, one that you uh, had is this right? your first shoulder dislocation do what is this your first shoulder dislocation uh with the left there yeah this was my first shoulder injury ever Oh man! Well, uh, hopefully uh, this spells the end for that as well. Uh, I know myself; I've I've uh, dealt with those issues, um, and it's all about strengthening that joint uh, and making sure that it's as stable as it can be. Uh, any of the braces out there are, don't really help all that much, to be honest. But uh, hopefully, you'll be able to make a full recovery. Uh, any other residual injuries from that particular in- uh, incident? Uh, yeah, I sprained my right knee, and it's already feeling quite a bit better. You know, I'm not limping on it as bad. So, um, and I my right wrist, it, it's as of right now, all I know of is a sprain. I'm waiting to get back some more results to find out um, if there's any further damage. So right now, just uh, my shoulder is the biggest thing, and um, so. You know, I'll keep my arm in a brace and for a little bit, my knee in a brace, as long as, you know, I got my shoulder going on and just make sure I come back um, 100% healthy. Right on. Well, um, you started off the season uh, with the uh, strict Slayton Racing uh, Yamaha team, the 250F class, uh, over on the uh, West Coast. Uh, enjoyed some success uh, with those guys, uh, but now you, you seem to have uh, broken away and are now doing your own deal. Uh, how did you end up finding yourself um, working your own program, making things happen uh, on your side, um, starting with like how things went with uh, strict Slayton and, uh, and, and now moving forward? Yeah, well, I just first want to say, you know, I'm very thankful for the opportunity that that team gave me and the Moody family gave gave me. Um, you know, things, uh, you know, we went into Anaheim 1, and um, I had high hopes of the top 15 finish, and I, I think I missed the main by, like, two spots. And um, so, you know, that week of Phoenix, I was really motivated, and I actually, uh, on the practice track one day, I had a pretty good get-off, rung my bell, and actually uh injured my wrist now um that i've gotten a brace so you know heading to phoenix i was already injured and then the time i got to phoenix i wind up finding myself with running a fever and, and not feeling well so i missed missed it by one spot uh on the night show at phoenix and then after that it just things kind of started to fall apart for me and um I was wanting to make some changes in my, my training program that, and, you know, the, uh, the people helping me out just, you know, kind of disagreed with that a little bit. And, um, I just kind of wanted to do what worked for me. Um, and what I was doing just, it wasn't working for me. Um, and it obviously showed, I believe that I'm a top 20 guy and I was nowhere near that. And I was just physically drained and, and mentally drained. So um, the week of San Diego, I just finally, I, I said we have to make a change. And, um, you know, we just, we wound up parting ways. And I went back and I'm on my own program. So, you know, it's a, it's definitely a struggle in the privateer life. You know, I, I, 
Outside Dallas Supercross um, on a bone stock 450, which, you know, you can ride a 450 with a stock motor, no problem, but I had stock suspension. And, you know, I, I missed qualifying by one second, so I was pretty bummed, but, you know, I guess word kind of got around the pits a little bit that I was running, you know, stock suspension. And, uh, you know, some people come up and talk to me, and they're like, man, just, you know, there's no reason to even be bummed, you know. If you miss it by one second with stock suspension, then, you know, it's pretty saying something. And, not only that, I hadn't got to ride that uh, my Husqvarna 450 in uh, two months, and I rode it 30 minutes Friday morning before Dallas. So um, I went in under the gun, and I knew it was going to be tough, but you know, I just kind of wanted to go out there and uh, do it for myself that weekend and, and not for anybody else. No, no I, I remember them talking talk. about you. Uh, oh, sorry, Shane, what were you going to say? Hey, I was going to ask, how, how did it feel like hitting the – because there was a big triple on the end zone. That weekend, how, how did it feel, like on on a stock bike, just hitting that? Was it pretty jarring, or? Yeah, it was terrible. I mean, as soon as I as soon as I took off the first practice and um, I hit the first rhythm section, I was just clunking, just bottoming out. So I was like, all right, this is gonna be a fun day. <laughs> and uh, I actually, in, in the first practice, um, I was sitting second on the board, and I wound up breaking a chain over the wall. Um, I kind of hit it and jumped it out uh, a good little distance, and when I landed, my chain broke. And when it did, uh, it broke my clutch reservoir, and it knocked some teeth off my sprocket. So I barely made second practice um, the time we got running around, finding all the parts we needed. And then second practice, I had clutch problems. And um, so I only got one clean lap. And then, you know, third practice, the track was just so beat, it was – it was just hard to get in a, a good lap, so, so yeah. Now, um, obviously, uh, like, like racing a 450, much different than a 250, um, having not much time on that bike and stock suspension, uh, I believe that the um, the race day uh, live guys were talking about you a little bit on uh, during that Dallas race. Um, did you get any feedback from that at all? Um, like, I remember they were talking about how you're, you're on that bike for the very first time. No, actually, I, I haven't heard any, that was the first time I've even heard this. So no, yeah. I, I haven't really got any feedback from it. I haven't heard anything about it, but I mean, that's pretty cool. They, they talked about me a little bit. I appreciate it. No kidding, buddy. Uh, or, uh, Jim Holly, uh, knows who Shane uh, Cheyenne Harmon is that's pretty cool man uh, and he's, I think he was talking a little bit about uh, your program and you're, you're doing your own thing um, just wanted to get quickly get your take on the fact that we've seen pretty much the same layout for three different rounds of the east coast right now both Dallas and uh, Atlanta number one and uh, this past weekend in Indianapolis literally the exact same base layout with some different jump combinations mixed in there but um, what are your thoughts on something like that uh, is that something that's good for racing um, was it a nice layout to begin with um, and what's so tricky about that big long triple at the at the end of the at the end of the racetrack because a lot of the 250f guys were having a hard time with it yeah, you know, I noticed that, you know, when we went to Dallas, because, um, you know, I raced all the, the West Coast rounds, and, and all those rounds were all completely different. I mean, none of those were even close to the same. And we went They're to Dallas. And, yeah, and I, we went to Dallas, and I was like, you know, this track looks really good, and um, they brought in new dirt, too, so that was cool. And um, So I, I thought the track was the best one we had yet, and then, but yeah, I noticed that the last uh, few rounds of, 
have all kind of been the same. So, you know, I don't know. The factory guys probably don't like it so much. Um, coming from a privateer's perspective, it kind of um, it's a little bit better. I don't know if anybody's noticed, but the last, you know, few rounds, uh, a lot of privateers have been doing better than they have been. Um, I don't know if that's because of the track or some of the top riders have fallen out or got hurt. But um, So as far as how it makes racing, um, like I said, I think it's making it better for the privateers, maybe making it a little them a little more confident knowing that all right i've hit this triple four times already this year uh, i've hit a rhythm section similar to this four times and so it it's helping the privateers out i think but the factory guys are probably um thinking a little differently on it so you know unfortunately i haven't been able to race them so i can't tell you exactly what they were like but um yeah just from seeing it i think I think it's going to benefit the privateers more than it is the factory riders. Yeah, well, those guys get some extra time on that layout, like very much similar to, say, like how many laps you guys put in a place like Milestone. Like, if you know that place like the back of your hand, obviously you're going to be able to go faster than someone who's showing up for the very first time. Um, Got to think that that, that, uh, that might be a strategy to uh, help a, a certain female rider understand the uh, the layout a little bit better and hopefully make her way into the night show. Yeah, I saw she missed Indy by two spots. So, um, yeah, that's that's good for her. She's a, she's a good rider. Um, she was out of tracks quite a bit when I was in California. And, um, you know, she is definitely impressive. I mean, I've never would have thought a chick riding supercross would happen so you know i think it's cool but um you know i also have some different opinions on it but i'm, I'm not gonna air those over the radio <laughs> fair enough hey, now shane about, uh, i believe you had some shane you had some questions about uh yeah, how yeah. cheyenne got to uh his supercross skills as well as um cultivating them through uh uh wearing bark busters more 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 than likely <laughs> Yeah, well, also what I was gonna say was, uh, I know Sean had said that he really didn't, he wasn't a real big fan of the whole like California scene, like the tracks and everything. Uh, talk a little bit about that, like compared to the frontier. I'm a Texas boy, okay. That's where we're gonna start with that. Is, is I'm Texas, okay. Darn tootin'. This is America down here. No, you know I like Texas. It, you know, a lot of people have got their different opinions on it, and you know, always growing up. Um, when I was a little kid, I was always like, man, I want to move to California. I've been a few times, and now that I got to actually experience it, live out there, you know, it's uh, it's just not for me. You know, I, I may dress like a motocross rider and look like a city kid, but down in my heart, you know, I'm a country kid. I've, we've, I've got some land at the house. We have, you know, had horses and uh, dogs yeah. and stuff like that. So, you know, it just it wasn't real home for me. And plus, you know, I have a group of friends down here, you know, the OVG crew. Uh, my, you know, Shane being one of them, you know, I don't have those, I don't have my crew when I'm in California, so that made it a little tougher, but I did meet a lot of cool people, and, um, you know, it was definitely a good experience living out there, but I definitely won't go out there any longer than I, than I need to, that's for sure. Yeah, and, uh, like Brad was saying, talk a little bit about how you, uh, you were a really good cross-country rider, you had off-road for the, pretty much first half of your life. Uh, so far, talk about talk about that a little bit and the transfer over to motocross and supercross. Is that even something you wanted to admit to? <laughs> yeah, no, man. I, I'll admit I was a creek jumper. 
But I'll tell you this, I never wore bark busters. Um, yeah, I, that's what I did growing up. I raced, uh, I raced cross country for the most part, um, up until I was 16. Um, and I'm 18 now, but all in between, you know, the cross country races, I would do a motocross race or, uh, practice at a motocross track. And so even though I raced cross country, I always had that, uh, cross or motocross style. Um, actually, I refused to run oversized tanks and my dad got so mad at me because I wouldn't, but you know, I just, I had to make a deal with them. I was like, I'll get out front as uh, far as I can. So we have time to stop and, um, pit and you know, it actually wound up working out. I was able to usually bust away from the pack far enough where I could stop and, uh, fuel. So, um, yeah, that's what I did. I actually went pro and cross country when I was, uh, 13. Um, and my third pro racing off road, I, uh, actually won. And then that same year, um, I actually, I turned 14 in June. Um, I won, uh, the pro championship down here in Texas in off road. So I'm actually the youngest pro rider to win a championship in Texas. So that's kind of a cool fact. Local racer. That's, uh, that's pretty awesome. All right, guys. All right, guys. It's time for a commercial. If there's one item to be picky about, it's choosing the right helmet. I'm Andrew Short, and I choose the F2 Carbon from Fly Racing. You too can wear the exact same helmet I wear, Trey Kennard wears, Jimmy Albertson wears, and many others. The F2 Carbon is a helmet loaded with details that make a huge difference in comfort and safety. Lightweight materials, phenomenal airflow, and a super comfortable, sweat-absorbing liner, and generous eye port design to accommodate any goggle choice are just a few. And did I mention how super trick these helmets look? Straight off the shelf and onto the racetrack. If you are looking for one amazing helmet, look no further than the F2 Carbon from Fly Racing. For more information about Fly Helmets and other products from Fly Racing, visit them on the web at flyracing.com. What's wrong, Jeff? I don't know, Jay. Well, you better fuel up with a nutritious breakfast with Oats and Bran. Oats and Bran? I didn't think there was such a thing. That's what I used to think. Now, I start out every morning with a bowl of Amigos. For extreme kids like us. Ex-racing man, but more than Fox, what Big Jeff likes is a fat bull. Amigos with Brand, fat bull. Amigos with Brand, oats for power, brands for speed. Who that tastes, what a delicious treat. Cereal bees, Emigos. That's what I call fueling for the big ride. Hey kids, start out every morning with a fat bowl. So, what do you think of Rich Taylor? Lighter than hair and stronger than steel. So, what that means is it can move much faster. 2014 X Brand Goggles is back and better than ever. From the Scatter X, Volcano, and Phantom Goggle, X Brand has the product make you stand out on race day. The quality of X-Brand products is second to none. Great lenses, incredible frame, and a strap that doesn't wear out. Great tear-offs, zip-off systems, nose guard, and more. Check out eksbrand.com for all of the accessories and pricing. What's up guys? It's time to talk a little bit about Roy Borden Race. 
He's the performance specialist. Suspension, making a motor work, balancing a bike, or just maintenance. He's got the tools and know-how to make sure that your bike is ready on race day or practice. Roy Borden has strength in years of experience and the best technology and best tools at his disposal. Whether you're getting your forks redone, seals, or a full, full-blown full rebuild on your forks or, or shock, call up Roy Borden today at 204-633-2722. Growing up in Texas, there's obviously a lot of uh, fast, fast dudes that come out of the South. Uh, who did you look up to? What are some local pros that may not have hit like the 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 national scene, but guys who kind of took you under their wing and um, really like fired home that passion you have for the sport, which is basically what is necessary for for young kids to get that fire to want to uh, as- ascend to uh, the highest levels. Yeah, you know, when I was a little kid, I always looked up to Ricky Carmichael was was my number one guy. I would definitely say in motocross and him and Travis Pastrana, um, those two guys I looked up to and I've met them uh, when I was a little kid a few times and they were always super cool to me and not only that they would go out and kill it and win so you know that made me big fans of them and um, you know I also looked up to like David Knight um, who who's a gnarly off-road guy so those are, and Josh Demas he's a local Texas guy those were uh, yes, those sir. are my guys De- those, those are my guys I looked up to was his nickname the deputy uh, the sheriff. Sheriff, that's right. Who is the deputy? Yeah, and everybody knew when the sheriff came to town, too, because <laughs> he would put a weapon on. But I will say this. Uh, before his big injury, uh, I think it was, I want to say it was 2011. We were at an off-road race at Freestone. And on the first lap, I actually passed him in the woods and led him for almost a lap. And when we got into the motorcar section, there's actually a video on YouTube um, we got to the sand rollers and we actually drag race through the sand rollers, but, uh, he wound up getting me. Um, and then unfortunately I had a bike issue two laps later. So, but that, that's one thing I'll never forget is, um, passing him one time and I've never been able to beat him. So I was really sad when he lost his leg because that meant I was never going to get the chance again to, uh, try to beat him. But no, Josh was, he was probably one of my number one guys I looked up to and, he actually has given me some tips and, uh, you know, has kind of coached me a little bit. Um, so, yeah, he's, he's actually a really good guy. Well, it's good to hear that uh, you had some great mentors. Uh, now that you're 18, you're, you're, you hit the pro level, do you do any uh, riding schools or trying to give back to those kids below you? Uh, i got to imagine that uh, down there, uh, a bit of a big deal, as well as uh, have some kids that kind of uh, look up to you quite a bit. Yeah, no, that's been really cool. Is, uh, you know, I've been, you know, everybody around Texas, has, I would say, has known me pretty well just because of the fact that, I'm, you know, I've been riding the pro class since I was super young. Um, but, yeah, I've been doing some lessons. I actually had a little class out at a local track last night. And so, yeah, it was really cool. I, I like giving back and, and helping the kids out, you know, and it helps me out a little bit too to, you know, get to the next race and stuff like that. And, uh you know, I enjoy doing it and hanging out with the kids. And, you know, a lot of guys or trainers, you know, that give lessons, you know, are a lot older than them. So it's kind of cool for them, in my opinion, to have somebody that's kind of towards their age able to kind of talk to them and, and help More them out. Relatable. 
yeah, yeah, more relatable than having somebody that's like a teacher to them instead of where I feel like I can kind of be more like a friend to them. So, you know, I enjoy doing it, and, um, you know, I've I've got some kids I work with that do pretty well, and um, so, yeah, that, I enjoy doing that. Excellent. So uh, if anyone uh, is listening from the, uh, the Texas area and they're looking to um, uh, hire your services, how would they get a hold of you? Uh, probably by email is probably best, or Facebook? Yeah, just Facebook or Instagram. My Instagram is at uh, charmon645. And, uh, you know, you can get a hold of me there uh, on Facebook. That's just the best way to get a hold of me. Well, right on. Um, you mentioned social media, and that's one of the questions that I had for you is that uh, being a privateer uh, who, uh, and nowadays, uh, advertising yourself is uh, is more important than uh, than in race results, really, at some point. Um, how, how has social media um, benefited the privateers in getting their brand out there to get recognition, whether it be YouTube videos, um, grabbing an audience on both Twitter and uh, Instagram, um, and uh, and how how have you used that to your advantage to um, basically uh, get your name out there more often? Yeah, it's definitely huge because you know if you think about it back to oh before Instagram was around, you know you would only really hear about the guys who were doing top five and top ten, basically the factory riders. And now that the you know the social media is around and stuff, it allows you know us privateers to post pictures and, and videos and and stuff like that and reach more people, and um, you know and also more sponsors can see and be like, oh man, I you know I have seen this guy around at the Supercross. I mean, he did make the night show, or or he was in that one main event, you know. And so I think it's it's definitely huge, and it's definitely been huge to me, you know, posting stuff and um, you know. For people, you know, when I'm, you know, like when I was in California, you know, all the people back home could, could keep up with what I was doing, and, and so yeah, it's definitely cool. And like I said, you know, the the privateers definitely benefit from it a lot, able to, you know, post pictures, and you know, like my buddy Shane, that's on the line with us, he makes me some videos to throw up on Instagram, and you know, those uh those definitely seem to be pretty popular and sponsors love it man they definitely uh they dig if you're you're repping them and you're plugging them on the social media because i mean there's so many people on there so yeah it's definitely cool for sure like uh you don't have the benefit of having large breasts which seems to be the key to getting lots of (laughs) followers but uh you do know how to throw that uh that bike of yours upside down upside down and sideways backwards so and uh you've got uh, the 7-eleven films crew uh willing to capture that all on a regular basis um how have you seen shane's skill on a, on a behind the camera develop over the years that he's been on that or does he just keep getting worse yeah he's definitely he's he's definitely getting worse let me tell you man <laughs> yeah I'm, no, I'm just kidding no he's he's killing it you know he's uh he's definitely like trying to do something and that's cool and He's actually impressed me with some of the stuff he's been able to do. So, yeah, I mean, he's only going to get better. I mean, he, I guess if you want to call him a privateer of filming, you could. <laughs> just because, just, just uh, you know, he doesn't have the money to get all the big softwares and the big, nice Stop cameras. But, but he's uh, he's killing it with what he has. And, um, you know, the good thing with me, I have a decent social media following. And um, so, I mean, I think that me and him can uh, make something pretty big and, Heck, maybe one day he can just just roll around with me everywhere and just make videos for me like some of these guys have. So 
That'd be sick. Just a professional man friend, and and who better? <laughs> yeah, no, there. definitely. You gotta have the man friends. I got a few of them, but you know, they they one of them has a, like two kids, so it's hard for him to to be a man friend all the time. But Shane would uh, definitely play a good role there. Less baggage. All he's got is a, a camera bag and uh, probably some bad habits to pull along with it. Oh yeah, dude, that's that's for sure, man. Let's not even get started on that subject. Well, like I, I, I gotta imagine you've seen this kid ride a motorcycle. Like, what's the verdict? Does uh, does the Shane Doyle need to employ your services to get some riding tips, or yeah, you know, like for trade sure. you some video for there. some riding tips? Like, what does does, does he know what to do on a motorcycle? <laughs> Man, to be completely, to be completely honest, he got a brand new bike. He 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 hadn't had a bike in a long time, so he just got a brand new bike the week I got hurt, basically, mm. and. The day he rode it was the day after I got hurt. So I have not yet to see his skills on a dirt bike. Um, so, yeah, I really don't know. But, you know, the the word around the streets is is uh, a squidmobile out there. Yeah, oh, uh, we've got Larry. And uh, everywhere, you know, just no spurs, you know. Young Larry. Right on. Well, better behind the uh, better behind the lens than in front of it, most likely. As yeah, uh, as am I. Sure. Um, better behind the microphone than uh, than on the track. But um, it's come time for the uh, the Bills Pipe. Pick your poison for uh, Bills Pipes. They're a sponsor of the show, and uh, this is basically a Sophie's choice. Uh, I'm going to list off some things for uh, Mr. Harmon, and uh, you either pick one or the other. It's the it's the easiest game to play. Uh, i got about five or six things written down, uh, and it's just this or that. So uh, we'll start off with uh, Chipotle or, t- uh, or Del Taco. Oh, Chipotle all the way. Blondes or brunettes? Blondes. Blondes. Uh, Coke or Pepsi? Uh, do I do I have to pick one? Yes, you I was do. gonna say I'm not gonna pick neither. <laughs> oh man! Oh man! You're killing! I'm gonna. Or another Pepsi. beverage of choice if if you have to like neither one of those and pick one. Oh man! All I drink water. I'm gonna go with Gatorade. Gatorade, fair enough. Uh, um, whiskey or rum? I don't drink, so I don't even know what those would even taste like. Okay, so we'll go with <laughs> rum then. Uh, road bike or uh, rowing machine? Oh, road bike for sure. Road bike. Uh, dry and dusty or muddy as all heck? Ooh. Well, it just depends, I guess. Um, if I'm on a bike that I don't have to pay for and don't have any parts, definitely mud. That puts my bike dry. Fair enough. Uh, six inch or a foot long sub? Foot long, man. I like those. I like those foot longs, man. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna grab that uh, that audio and and put that somewhere else. Uh, two stroke or four stroke? Oh, uh, four stroke. Four stroke. Um, for 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 four stroke, two fifty or uh, or four fifty. Definitely four fifty. I'm I'm a I'm a bigger kid. So, you know, I'm six foot tall, one hundred seventy pounds. So four fifty for sure. Tall drink of water. Now, if you're buying, uh, if there, you have a, a chick on a date, do you buy chocolates or flowers? I don't. I don't pay. <laughs> Fair enough. Chivalry's dead pay. in Texas, apparently. Uh, if you're watching, <laughs> if you're watching TV, sports or TV shows. TV shows. 
What's your what's your favorite TV show right now? Well, unfortunately, our cable uh, is not on, so the struggle is real. I've been watching some, I've been watching some Doogie Howser a little bit, so fair enough. Uh, now, like the, one of the questions from the Bills pipes, pick your poison was two stroke or four stroke, and as a two stroke aficionado, I am extremely disappointed to see that you picked four stroke, even though I know for a fact that you happened to rip one fresh looking RM two fifty two stroke at some local cash races. Well, here's here's the, here's the deal. I love two strokes, but as far as being competitive and well, a pro, being pro four stroke, obviously. As far as going and having fun, I'm definitely all about the two-stroke. Um, another RM250 is actually my buddy Derek McKenzie's with the uh, Knuckle Busters uh, motorcycle shop uh, and here in Texas. Um, he let me ride a little bit, and that thing was that thing was a blast to ride. And so I grew up riding two-strokes. Two-strokes are my favorite, as far as being competitive. You know, got to be on a four-stroke, unfortunately. All right, cool. Well, before we uh, before we, we we wrap up this interview, um, I thought it'd be fun to uh, when I have two guys on the uh, on the, the the line that uh, I'm not entirely sure what you guys' uh, moto knowledge really like all encompasses. I kind of tried to make most of these questions within the last five or six years, uh, but um, yeah, let's throw down some trivia questions. Uh, and uh, these are the just one trivia questions. So uh, we'll, we'll, I got six questions in total, uh, and I guess um, best score at the end wins. All right, deal. Bra- bragging rights are on the line. Uh, what year did James Stewart have his perfect season? Two thousand eight. Two thousand and eight. Shane, you're you're not you're not too quick to the draw, man. Uh, you're you're lagging behind on track and in trivia. <laughs> He's buying. Uh, di- hey, you're buying dinner, Doyle. If uh, if I win, that's a deal. Whoever loses buys dinner. Uh, is that how it's gonna be? Hey, it's fine with me as long as I get to come along. Uh, yeah, definitely. Now, um, what, who uh, who won the first 125 Supercross for Husqvarna? Ooh. Was it was it Steve Lampson? Uh, and he's on a 250. So no, no. Oh. <laughs> oh man, this was I. You know, I just heard it the other day. Oh, was it Travis Preston? Travis Preston. Uh, yeah. Shane, you're down by two, and there's only six questions, brother. You gotta get. Uh, you gotta catch up. What two riders? You gotta rename both of them. Are running just one helmets. Blake Baggett and uh, David Pooley and Blake Baggett and Vicky Golden is two. Wow. He goes ahead and names three. I didn't even know uh, about Pulley. We got like a, a confirm that he's not shooting. Like I think he has Google. <laughs> is he Googling stuff? No, it's not It's not trivia crack, man. It's motocross I'm not, uh, trivia. I, I don't have Wi-Fi, so I can't do it. Even better. Um... Okay, uh, next question. What number did Ricky Carmichael run before he ended up wearing number four in 2000? Uh, Was it... Oh, wow. Was it 160? Uh, no, that's uh, this is the this is the number that he would have ran as his national number in two thousand in nineteen ninety nine. Of course, he ran one outdoors uh, as a defending uh, one twenty five Supercross champ or one twenty five national champion. But he wore a different number during his ninety nine season. What was that number? Thanks. Ow. 
Me and Ricky Carmichael fan, I should know this, right? That's what I was thinking, man. I like, uh... Man, I, I don't know. I I feel like I know it, but, like, I don't know it. I feel like I should know it, but I don't. Shane, you don't know anything. Yeah, probably not. I mean, I don't even know why I'm, why I'm doing this quiz. <laughs> I'm man. I'm gonna have to pass because I have no clue. No idea, Shane. Can you, can you take away a person to the man? No, I can't take that away. But uh, we'll, we'll move on to the very next question. Uh, uh, what year did Eli Tomac go pro? Hold on. What's two thousand nine. Was it two thousand nine? Uh, incorrect again, Mister Harmon. Wow. How many guesses do I get? Uh, once you've done, once you've written out, once you've said one uh, one uh, one thing, I, I can't uh, I can't give you the the answer. Hmm. And Shane, I don't know. Tom Michael's number was nine. There, that's all I have to say. He was number nine. Yeah, that's correct. Bro, put a little point on my name real quick. Didn't I say 2009? Is that? No. Uh, no, no, no number Carmichael, 9 Carmichael. was uh, Carmichael's number. And uh, oh. what, what year did uh, Tomac go pro? That was 2010. 2010. Look at this so guy. Now he's, now, he's Googling. He's Googling. He now definitely Googled the Ricky Carmichael answer. <laughs> Wait, so do we, do we have... Is it two on two right now? Like, is it, it is two, two to two with two questions to go. All right, let's go. Oh, man. How many 250 championships does Justin Barsha have? Three. Two. No, oh, you already said... I think well, I heard said, three there, Shane. 2012, 2013. Oh, no. Uh, that sounds like three. Harmon? He got two, I believe. Two Supercross championships. Three to two... Cheyenne Harmon. Last yeah. question. To either to either tie it up, and I have to think of some more questions, or the chance this could be the the last question. What year, or what was the last championship won on a two-stroke in the AMA competition? Two thousand four. No, sure no, totally, I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna say three. Ooh, both of you guys. Come on. I, I think I want to... I, I actually, I think what you just said was incorrect. I believe mine was incorrect. You're both incorrect. Ricky Carmichael rode the RM250 in 2005. In fact, he made sure that uh, RM uh, Suzuki uh, basically had that engine, a carbon copy of the Yamaha that year, and he took it to the championship as James Stewart uh, floundered on his KX250. And um, uh, Reedy just wasn't up to the task. Um, So uh, with that, those are the end of the six questions. Unfortunately, uh, Shane, dinner's on you, brother. You got two out of the six, and uh, and and Mr. Harmon, he got uh, got three of them. We're going to McDonald's. I knew it was 2005. I was just I said it so fast, just can't even think. Fair enough, man. Well, uh, so what what does the future hold for Cheyenne Harmon? Uh, obviously, we want to get healthy. So, what's the timeline on that? 
Um, and uh, when can we expect to see you uh, back on a two in uh, in AMA Motocross or Supercross? Uh, and if uh, if nationals aren't in this in, in the cards, um, what uh, what type of racing do we do uh, when we're not hitting nationals? Well, um, you know, right now it's uh, looking like I got about four and a half more weeks before that I get released. Um, as long as everything goes good, which I'm hoping it does. And um, as far as my plans for the rest of the year, you know, I, I'm on my own right now, and um, you know, with me being only 18, I don't really have a whole lot of money to my name. So it's really going to depend on the support I get. So my main goal, I'd really like to go to Canada and ride the MX1 class without doing nationals up there. Yeah, um, buddy, come see me. Yeah, man. If I can make it happen, that's what I want to go do. But uh, if not. You know, I'm probably just going to be doing some motocross lessons and hitting some of the American nationals as when I have the money to, unfortunately. So, um, but yeah, Canada's my, that's my goal right now. That's what I'm striving for, trying to get some help to do. So I hope if it's meant to be, it'll, make, it'll happen. Well, right on. If we if you end up in Canada, I'll make sure to uh, attend a, a national and uh, I'll treat you to uh, dinner. Can't can't say the same, but for, uh, but for, for Shane though. <laughs> well, right on, man. Uh, we wish you the best of luck. Uh, would you like to thank some sponsors before we let you go? Yeah, just first, I just want to thank the Lord Jesus Christ, just you know, for being my savior and all the blessings that I've been given. And um, yes, you know, sir. I want to thank uh, Strict Gear, Scott Goggles, Justified Clothing, uh, Nate over at Death Family. I've got Nate's really cool. And, I've actually always dreamed of having a death family deal, and I got one. So thanks to Nate for that. Um, you know, all my friends, you know, the OVG crew, um, Napalm Motorsports, Husqvarna and Austin for helping me out with some parts and stuff I need. Uh, my mechanic, Wyatt, he, uh, he actually gave up a job on a Supercross team to come help me out just because, you know, he knew my situation and he believes in me. So I want to thank him big time for, for helping me out. And um, Shane for, for at 7-Eleven Films for hooking me up with my Instagram edits and uh, buying me dinner now since he lost. And uh, and I just want to thank y'all for, for having me on. And uh, I think I mentioned Justified Clothing too. So, yeah, that's, that's about it. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, before we let you go, first of all, uh, how sick is your uh, helmet painted up by uh, Shades of Grey? And also, uh, what's it like riding some strict gear from Canada? Yeah, Josh at Shades of Grey kills the helmet. Uh, shout out to him. Go check him out. I think it's Instagram's uh, Shades of Grey MX. Uh, yeah, he did my helmet. He actually did my helmet uh, last year, too. So... Yeah, he does really good work, and uh, as far as the strict gear, man, that stuff's awesome. Um, best gear I have to have ever worn, and it's really durable. Um, it holds up super well, and uh, it fits good, and it's really light, too. So, yeah, I enjoy it, and uh, definitely go check out the strict gear. Well, right on, man. Uh, it sounds like you're working on an aircraft carrier right now, so we'll let you go. Uh, on behalf of myself... Uh, Shane, I'm not paying for dinner, Doyle, and uh, and everyone that's wishing you the best of luck. Um, yeah, just keep killing it, man. Get healthy, get back to racing professional, and uh, we'll have you on again. Yeah, sick, man. I appreciate it. Perfect. You have a good night. You too.
Thank you for listening to the Big MX Podcast, brought to you by X-Brand Goggles. Be sure to check out our archive for episodes you may have missed. Check out our website at BigMXRadio.com for more content.